This is the Wizards Nightshirt Podcast, Episode 6. Welcome to the Wizards Nightshirt. This is episode number six. I'm Will, and here with me are Rebecca. Hello. And Scott. Hi. Today we're reviewing She-Ra, season one, episode three, She-Ra Unchained. The original air date was September 11th, 1985. It was written by Bob Forward. In this episode, Hordak attempts to drain He-Man's power with a fearsome new weapon, and Adora learns the truth about her past. So, what were our first impressions of this episode? If this episode were a roller coaster, it had a very long, slow ascent, and then when it took off, it was spectacular. <laughs> uh, so, we actually watched it at the same time, and I won't spoil anything, but I'll say that when we got to the end, Rebecca was very into it. She was joking along to it her shoulders were moving it just was, it, it was, really paid off at the it end was I, no it was great i'm not even gonna give away my like my score now because that that right crazy but i'm just saying it was a long payoff it took a long time they took a big gamble yeah and i was just feeling it yeah it, it was a powerful episode for sure yeah yeah she, she I, really came into her own yeah oh yeah i it was it was really good i enjoyed it a lot Okay, so this is like a five-parter or something now, and uh, Adora, who's the force captain for Hordak, is under his influence and doesn't hasn't really put together that they're evil yet. So Hordak is still doing evil stuff when the episode starts. He's building some kind of uh, machine, and it starts with like a big uh, wide shot of his castle. And it's not even it's not even fair how good that castle looks. No, it's, it's so it's so great. <laughs> I, I every time I see it, this is amazing. It really is. Like I am just floored by the differences between you know the bad guys in Eternia, who are not all. It's like I was saying in the last episode. Like Skeletor is an old man with Amazon Prime, and like he just <laughs> orders gadgets, and that's the extent of his plan. He's I mean, already bought his house, which is Snake Mountain. Right, it's and a he little owns, rundown. He owns it, right? He's got the throne of bones, which is awesome. But it's, it's not like his practical. recliner. Yeah, it's just like a lazy boy. <laughs> and all his gadgets are just like remotes and stuff. Yeah, and so uh, it's it's you know he he's got constant schemes, but this just is nowhere near the scale of what Hordak has going on. Okay, Hordak has resources like mm-hmm. he's got slaves doing all his stuff somewhere he's got mines and like ore and he has so much like so much ore and like raw materials that he can just like not even bother scrapping like these uh abandoned vehicles or whatever that that get <laughs> like lost on his land and like if there were a mentoring program for evil people, I just feel like Hordak should be running it and he should be giving Skeletor some pointers. Well, yeah. well Hordak he's he's like the the king or something yeah. of 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 that area. So uh, Skeletor's still in the early stages of that. So Skeletor's if he an, ever got uh, yeah. to Castle Grayskull, this is what would happen. <laughs> and Skeletor would have his slaves and have his, you know, giant castle that 
does stuff for him. Yeah, like uh, Skeletor is more of like a entrepreneur, and Hordak is like a proven venture capitalist businessman. So, I mean, you know, in some ways, not not to get too far afield here, but, like, in some ways, we should just be rooting for Skeletor in, in the He-Man universe because he's the underdog. Yeah, he's the only one working towards something. Like, yeah, He-Man is the most powerful man in the universe, period. Where does That's his character done. development yeah, go? No, yeah, he, He-Man's just reacting to Skeletor. Yeah, Skeletor's, Skeletor's really the, the one, protagonist. Yes, yeah. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah, he, it's all about Skeletor. <laughs> uh, so, um, Hordak's castle... It is amazing, and it's more of like that H.G. Geiger stuff. We pick on the animator for He-Man, but the animators for this just lovingly draw every sprocket and tentacle. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a, I just love everything we are doing here. They just, they're just fantastic. It's just yeah. more of that H.G. Geiger stuff. It's great. So his plan is what? His plan is um, to create the Magna Bean transporter that can take any matter and then transport it to the Valley of the Lost. Which is just, you know, it will be at large in the Valley of the Lost. Because nothing ever comes back from the Valley of the Lost. Yeah, it, when he when he showed an example, it looked like he was dropping some sort of, like, uh, battle wagon just out of the sky into some sort of void. Uh, and did you notice, also, Hordak has a new familiar now? There's, like, a little imp yeah, beside him? That? Yeah, yeah, I wanted to bring that up, yeah. <laughs> I what is that? I don't. He's like imp. No. Yes, it's a magna beam. What are you talking about? <laughs> Explain it to the imp. He's very concerned, and the imp is constantly shocked and delighted by everything like, that Hordak is saying. Well, I mean, do you, do you think it is a tribute to like uh, a, like anime or something like that, where they always have like a little little character or something like that that's kind of mm-hmm. kind of funny ish sort of you know I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the deal was with the imp. I wasn't a fan though. Well, I wondered if, uh, so they just snuck him in. I wonder if we'll ever see him again. I wonder if they're just going to put him in there and then, you know how sometimes his henchmen show up and then they're not there any other episodes? He doesn't have a name. I think he's supposed to be like sort of the bad guy version of Cowl or something. Do, would you, do you think he'll just be cannon fodder from his hand cannon? <laughs> uh, he'll, be, he'll, be, he'll be sitting on the statue at the wrong time. <laughs> he kind of blends into the background. He's already kind of that blue color of the sky back there, so... Yeah, I I was very confused about why he just showed up, and he's kind of like Osmodiar in the Flintstones or something. Maybe they thought that um, it was too bleak, and they needed some friendlier little faces in there, because seriously, the magnitude of Hordak's plans are great. And, you know, they have these really, like, affecting little scenes where they're charging this uh, Magna Beam transporter with the willpower from rebels they've captured. And so, you know, maybe they just thought, like, this is kind of grim, y'all. We need a... (laughs) We need a furry something in here. Because Grizzlor, they don't even have Grizzlor. There's not like a <laughs> like a token dog man or anything. There's this. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to have a... You, yeah, your first step, like if they have like a how to start your evil company, it's like you need to get um, a, a cool lady counterpart and you need to get your dog man in order. And you then you need to get a castle. And then you're pretty much got a good setup. Like if you went to the bank to get a loan to be evil... They was like, in your business plan, where's your dog man? Where's <laughs> yeah. your castle? Where's your evil mistress? Or sorcerer or something, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah you got to have one of those. I think you're right, though, Scott. I think at the time, um, 
all those action cartoons, you had to have the little annoying anime friend, like even in like Thundercats, you know, they had the had the little guy. With oh, yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. Oh, Gorf, no. I don't remember. Uh, uh, also in Silverhawks, they had the little Tallyhawk guy. Oh, gosh, and all yeah, that Silverhawks, yeah. Yeah, so. So, uh, you, Rebecca, you were talking about how grim the um, way he powers the machine is with the, with the willpower of um, captured rebels. That room that they go to is called the Plunder Room. They've got an <laughs> awesome marketing guy in uh, Hordex, Hordex Army. He's just got great. We've got the Fright Zone. We've got the Lost Valley of the Lost. We've got the Plunder Room. They're just great at naming stuff over in Etheria. Yeah, when they schedule a meeting, like on Outlook or whatever, you know, it's like, well, where is it? Oh, it's the Plunder Room. It's like, okay, it's not Conference Room A. It's like, you know. Yeah. yeah. Torture Room C. <laughs> Torture Room C. <laughs> that sounds suitably evil. <laughs> and also, the, the rebels that they want are the ones with the most uh, vim. The guys who are like the most annoying and complaining all the time. And there's like the guys like shaking his fist at Hordak, and he's like, "One day we'll get rid of you, Hordak." So you know, like, he's yeah, gonna... well, like we won't stand for tyranny. Like, I mean, it's this, this is some powerful stuff here. These are some concepts that I'm not sure if kids understand. You know, like what's tyranny, Dad? Like he doesn't say that. I don't know. He didn't have that. You can't see through the TV. Maybe the kid is saying that. He might be. Mom, what's tyranny? Yeah, but oh, yeah, I, I, I find it funny that he's he was disappointed in how much how much willpower he got out of a we <laughs> of a, it seemed like a guy that's been like beaten as a slave forever. <laughs> yeah, he he was wearing rags. Don't you know? Don't get your eye hopes up too high, Hordeck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then we cut over to uh, the Great Rebellion. And Adam, Prince Adam, has still been hanging around there in the in the uh, what do you call it? what woods is it? The Whispering Woods. Yeah, the Whispering Woods with the Great Rebellion. So Glimmer is there. And are you saying great in air quotes? Because I would the Great Rebellion. <laughs> all right, guys, the the Great Rebellion. I'm just gonna say I don't have a lot of faith in in these characters here. Like we've got Bo, who is good with a bow and is like jacked, you know. But then Glimmer. You know, she needs a glimmer of gumption is (laughs) what she needs. You said she's not an alpha. No, but she's like, she's really, she's very insecure and very dopey. I'm not a fan. And uh, Bo is very capable, but he's a little um, impetuous, as we saw. Like He pretty much almost got the entire village of Thamor enslaved, and he was like, oops. Uh, (laughs) So so they definitely need a leader. And uh, Prince Adam is trying to... Uh, peace out on them. He said, you know, because he wants to go uh, take care of Hordak, and he can't quite let them know he's He-Man to do it. Yeah, I love how you know the last episode of She-Ra that we watched. It was like a freaking ensemble comedy of everyone in the rebellion. All of the little characters had to go on the mission with them, and like this time, Prince Adam was like, "No, you were all annoying. Like <laughs> we didn't have Madame Raz appear in this episode. Oh yeah, and for that, I was uh, so grateful. I, I didn't even notice it. That's that's that that was why I didn't notice it. Right, it's because that was why you didn't have a headache when you were done. <laughs> well, I, I I like how Bo tried to stand up, and then He Man's like, "No," and he's like, "Oh." right well i salute you and it's like it was real quick like like hey i'll help you i'll i can i can do this and then he man's like no no no, i got this and he's like all right all right you're good it was a very strange exchange that he had with bo bo gave him a 
a very um, florid, eloquent uh, speech about uh, how he could go with him and he could help him on the quest. And Prince Adam is clearly not used to having adult conversations because he found the whole thing kind of awkward. And he's like, ah, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, no, thanks. Whatever. I'm surprised Goodbye, those two haven't been hitting the gym together, like the Whispering Woods gym, you know? Well, if you looked at the animation for that one scene, his torso was way out of proportion, so uh, Bo had clearly yeah, it, it been was, doing... It, it, it was like you were down you were down at a dog's perspective, and you're looking up at him. <laughs> yeah. He's like, it's amazingly top-heavy. <laughs> yeah, see, he had only been doing chest day for like seven weeks. <laughs> now he's got those Bruce Lee lats. He's got he's got to have them for his uh, bow fire powers. I guess so. Yeah, that's yeah. that's how he shoots the bow so well. It's it's only lat pull downs like this all day, <laughs> all day long. So when Prince Adam does go off on his own, his plan to break into Hordax Castle is to disguise himself as uh, one of the Horde troopers. Which answers one of our questions that we had earlier, because it was like, are the Hordesmen robots? Mm-hmm. We don't know if they... They're not robots because they're wearing armor. And it's a very interesting uniform that the Hordesmen wear, too, because when uh, Prince Adam turns into He-Man and then sucker punches a hordesman or whatever he does and gets his armor the gloves for the hordesman look like real skin they're sort of like tree bark colored fingers and stuff so the gloves are meant to look like real people's hands but i guess they are gloves because when prince adam puts it on he has the weird sort of talons and stuff too well, I mean, I'm guessing that gauntlets, you know, just generally, they're helpful for armor, but then, like, if you got, like, a full iron glove on your hand, you just can't do anything, like, any digital manipulation. It's just out. It's like, well, I'd like to torture you better, but I fingers <laughs> My fingers can't bend that far. <laughs> well, they probably just had normal gloves, and Hordak was like, can we lick it? Can we evil it up a little bit? Yeah, I mean, do you think they use skin from something? To make the gloves? Oh, that's grim. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because you said it was skin colored. Yeah. I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to think it's like from some sort of like, I mean, snake like, or like, something. Like, like leathers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, some sort of beast in Etheria or something Yeah, I, like I, I, I do like how he turns into He-Man and you see all the lightning and everything and then the, the horsemen don't even notice that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was loud. It was yeah, very yeah. loud. He's yelling, I have the power. <laughs> And they're like, they're like five feet away from him. They're, and they're marching in like a rocky ravine too. So there's bound to be some echoing. That's there. true. So yeah. is, he, is he like this? Is it just in his head that he can do it, and like it just does it, or he has to like? <laughs> well, do he keeps it. showing the same clip when he does it. So apparently he goes to Castle Grayskull for a little while, turns into He Man, uh, okay. and comes all the way back. I don't maybe, know. Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe it's like a it's an alternate dimension mm-hmm. or something like that. And he all he's always at. Castle Grayskull when he does it. Maybe so. In which case, he shouldn't be worried too much about people seeing him transform. This is true. (laughs) This is very true. But the important part about him putting on that horde armor is that his little haircut is sticking out of the back of it. Yeah, those luxurious locks, they just can't be tamed. (laughs) Foiled again by Fantastic Sams. (laughs) (laughs) It was too glorious to keep hidden under this cap. (laughs) The bowl was too big this time. (laughs) Fantastic Stams is never going to sponsor this show now. (laughs) Or maybe it's a compliment. It's just too glorious to hide those beautiful locks. They don't belong under a Hordesman's helm. 
I think that's going to be their next slogan. Uh, we can only hope so. Wait, that man is no Koba. It's that rebel warrior again. Well, he shall not escape this time. So because of this, when Hordak and Shadow Weaver are looking through their viewing screen at what at their hordesmen to check up on them, they notice one of their hordesmen has the beautiful flowing locks and they put together pretty quickly that that's the crazy rebel warrior that's been causing them so much trouble lately. Clearly. And I would just like to point out that we see uh, Shadow Weaver's nails... And they look just like Skeletor's nails. I'm not making this up. I know that I pay a lot of attention to nails, okay? But, like, she had, like, sort of the same kind of, like, uh, olive-colored fingers, and she had the same black curved talons, meaning that even though they're two different worlds, she and Skeletor get their nails done at the same chain. That's exactly what I was going to ask. What is the chain called? Because, okay, there is a rule in the world that we've decided just generally... Um, the best place to get your nails done is if it's called L.A. Nails. And if it's called anything else, you shouldn't get your nails done. <laughs> That's true. It has to be L.A. something. So what is the Etheria version of L.A. Nails? Like, you're like, look, I'm at a strip mall. I'm in the Whispering Woods or whatever. You know, I need my nails done. Where am I going to go get my nails done? Well, it's got to be something sinister because the style of nails they're getting are very Talon-like. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Well, I'm thinking of a hair place, um, more than nails. Uh, Bose bodacious haircuts. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Like Bose family, they're all like uh, estheticians, and that's why he looks so beautiful. Yeah, that's a. I like that idea, right. and they don't discriminate if they if you've got hordesmen. Coming yeah, you'll in do it. evil nails. <laughs> we do evil nails. In we a lot everything. of ways, that's there you a, go. That's that, that's a nice neon just, sign. Just evil nails. We, we do evil nails. Evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to think about the the nail salon name. Evil nails are a gateway to evil. It's true. If you get evil nails, it's all downhill. The next thing you're gonna have is like the big arch of eyeshadow over your like all the way up to your brow line and beyond. And it's purple. <laughs> that's and a, that's how you know you're evil. That's a warning sign for Etheria and Eternia High School. If your child is getting <laughs> evil nails or evil eyeshadow, that is a warning sign that they could join the Horde or Skeletor's evil forces. That's true. That's true. Well, may, may, maybe Bo's family is running it so they can figure out who's who. Oh, clever. Yeah. <laughs> clever rebels with their nail salons. Alert my personal guard. I will capture him myself. He will not escape me this time. When Shadow Weaver and Hordak are looking through the viewer and they identify um, He-Man as being in disguise, uh, Shadow Weaver immediately decides, like, well, that'd be great. When he comes in here, we'll just capture him because you know that guy's got tons of willpower to um, power our machine. But it's pretty funny. What if... What if they got Adam instead of He-Man? Would they get a lot of willpower or, like, no willpower at all? Well, if, if they got Adam? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure they get a little bit. I mean, he, he works out and stuff. He's pretty he's pretty strong-willed. Just the power to get through the next set. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he has much willpower, though. Cause he's... I don't know. Good question. You give him such little credit. <laughs> <laughs> I think he uses up all his energy and gumption at his workouts, and the rest of his life is kind of whatever. They're, they're like, we're trying to fill the transporter with willpower, but all we got is a spice bread recipe out of his brain. 
is not useful. So He-Man does break into the castle and pretty quickly finds uh, Force Captain Adora just sort of walking around. Yeah, he's like, where is she? And she's like, oh, that was taking me forever. Oh, there she is. <laughs> <laughs> she's doing an inspection, I guess. And so they have a chat and He-Man's like, it's like, hey, did you check out all that evil stuff I told you about? And she... She pretty much just keeps saying yes. <laughs> and it's like, uh, and you agree they're pretty evil, right? She goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think that what you were referring to is there There was some animation on her face that was very, like, I think they were really striving to show that beneath the surface, because like, we know she is under a literal magic spell that mm-hmm. is keeping her from... You know, like, from knowing the truth or remembering it. I think we were supposed to take that as her struggling with, you know, with trying to access this this real knowledge that she has. I think they were they took great care with it. <laughs> there was, yeah, there was some eyebrow stuff happening. I guess that's true. She looks troubled. <clears throat> um... I love that He-Man's still wearing the Horde armor. I would love to have a toy of that. That looked, that looked great. <laughs> oh, that'd be nice, yeah. Yeah, he had the sword and everything. So then uh, Hordax... Uh, shows up with his his folks and they start trying to shoot at he-man with the lasers and he's deflecting the swords and everything and Adora's is just kind of standing there confused about what to do and shadow weaver pretty much uh tells Adora, you need to go ahead and shoot him in the back and she yeah. goes boop like basically <laughs> yeah. with whatever weapon she had was it a sword it was a little blaster oh yeah it was a little yeah, it was pretty. It, and it he was went a, down. It was a. I say that's a pretty cool look. I like how um, Ethereum is more of like a sci-fi place. She kind of had like the '50s science fiction sort of astronaut clothes and the blaster. It was it was a pretty good outfit. Yeah, yeah. and and no pants because that gets in your way in space. <laughs> you know? Did you did you also see that Hordak changed his arm to be an, a regular like? Like claw arm. I did see that, but is, is it the right? Is, is it the right side? I don't know. I that's like in the in in the beginning. I thought it was his left arm, and like in that scene, it's cannon, his right arm. He had a cannon in his right arm later, like the cannon arm, and it was on his right arm. It's a, is that on his right arm? Okay. Later in this episode, maybe it wasn't before though. Okay. He looks kind of mechanical. I bet. I wonder. I would. Maybe they. I would are. accept hey, if I, he could switch each. Yeah, arm. yeah. I'm. I. I. I would accept if he if he had a robot arm, he could switch them out. Mm-hmm. So he's like one of those KitchenAid stand mixers. It's like three hundred dollars, and like they come with those different attachments for this money and so forth. Act just has tons and tons of attachments. <laughs> yeah, but if you lose the pen, you're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah. like damn it, i lost a pin to this one i can't use my cannon anymore and there are not adapters for it you can you can't do that no no yeah you gotta you gotta buy you gotta rebuy the whole thing that would be a great thing for one of his uh slaves to have to do is like clean his arms and stuff that was like go go oil down my arms for later use that seems like a good slave activity so they get he-man and they put him in the little um game show booth where they draw people's power mm-hmm. and so now you think he's gonna win money in a tornado <laughs> yeah it does look like that well what really happened is that he won't be able to get a good pump if they get all his willpower and shadow weaver is um examining his sword since she's got him captured and she's comparing it to dora's sword and she's talking about how she doesn't have any influence on it because neither of the swords are from this world i guess meaning they're from eternia i guess yeah i guess so 
I mean, I was impressed that they even bothered to address mm-hmm. the swords at all. Like, you know, gave her something to do. She's like, I got to go do this research. So, like, Shadow Weaver's got, like, a whole, like, thing going on, you know. When we talk about inept magic users, Shadow Weaver, she has shown that she's a student of magic. She's always researching stuff. I think she's 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 about the most she's the most competent magic user we've seen so far. I yeah, think. see, like Orko gets like a carpet bag. It looks like an old timey pocketbook. <laughs> like that's all he's got, like in Eternia. And then you know, Shadow Weaver's probably got some awesome lab we haven't even seen yet. And and, and uh, Zagras is worthless. Um, <laughs> oh, and uh, Skeletor <laughs> seems um, competent, but a little wild. Same thing with um, same thing with Evil Lynn, I guess. So yeah, but she's too impetuous. Yeah, but Shadow Weaver, she's 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 a she's a student of magic. Yeah, and I I also like in that whole thing he explains why He Man has to be in there the whole night because <laughs> right? because if he doesn't, the machine's gonna blow up because his energy's too strong. So he has to be in there the whole night. Uh, right, and then you know like this is maybe the most exciting thing that's ever happened to Hordak. I mean, recently anyway. He's like, but we gotta go get a good night's sleep. You know? <laughs> right. Like, right. Like, like, we have lots of evil in the morning. <laughs> I gotta turn in. He needs his eight hours. You know? And we do it now. Not yet. The ray must be at full charge, and that will take some time. So what's the what is the nature of his relationship with Shadow Weaver? Are they spouses or lovers or good friends or just temporary allies? I'm I'm thinking there's like a like a spousal sort of romantic entanglement going on there. Yeah. I think that's true. Really? Yeah. yeah. I think so. well, maybe. You're not you're not seeing it. You don't feel that chemistry? Uh, yeah, I guess a little bit. A little bit. I mean, they may be like an old couple. I, yeah, I, I need to see more episodes, but he there, seems elderly. there is a little tension there, I guess. Yeah, he he seems he seems older than Skeletor to me. I, I think she's probably in age or demeanor. Yeah, yeah, in in, in bearing, he's just seen he carries himself more like an older man. I think. Well, I mean, he's 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 just clunkier. He's, he's, <laughs> he's taken over a whole world, so. I'm sure he's a little bit older. It wears on him. Or it took him a long time. Yeah, I guess. And Shadow Weaver, I bet she's just like 700 years old, but also ageless. Yeah. Yeah. She's from before time or something. She's just a black void. Yeah, I'm a pretty big Shadow Weaver fan. Yeah, I I, I like her. Well, you know, she's a member of... Would you like her more than Orko? She's in the Orko family, I think. In the Orko? No, she's not in the Orko family. Oh, yeah. She's got. They gotta be co- cousins or something. Besides like, the maroon like, robes. Like, like, are you saying like Orgo's like a little person, and then like the she's like a, the normal size? Maybe he's like a kid or something. Or a kid. You think they get bigger? I don't think. They, I, don't I don't know. Think, well, they get I don't think Orgo people. I guess. Yeah, they get. Bigger. They get, they get beer, beards. I don't know. That's a good question. They might be cousins, or maybe they. You know how like um, there's like miniaturism for certain species on islands maybe orko's like the island version of her or something like that <laughs> he does seem like an island type yeah. no kit no worries and stuff <laughs> cut to um adora who's having the same sort of distressing dreams that sorceress was like a couple of episodes ago they're even playing the same music and everything and uh, she starts having those visions of sorceress uh, struggling with the decision about whether to free He-Man and the, and the swords are sort of calling to her. Yeah, and, and sorceress doing the first truly helpful thing she's done <laughs> in a while. I mean, let's remember this is the same woman who got fooled by He-Man as Faker, Faker as He-Man. 
I hit my head. Let me in. Okay, He-Man. <laughs> you know, Sorceress gives her a magical pep talk through, like, the sword Google Hangouts or whatever. And uh, then she reveals that uh, Adora and Prince Adam slash He-Man... The, she, he, she gets the secret right away, but she says that it's her twin brother. It's not just her brother, it's her twin brother. And she's telling her, like, as her, her first act as champion of the realm, she should she should go free her brother and help him, and, and the power of the sword will help her throw off the influence of the spell. And uh, so how does she do that? Does she bust the machine or just drag him out? or When she becomes She-Ra? I guess so. Yeah, she just kind of like upends the tube. Yeah, oh yeah, she oh yeah, she rips it out of the ground. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess I guess we should back up because this is the moment we were talking about that was so exciting. It was so exciting. <laughs> First of all, I'm just gonna say so we know if Adora and Adam are were twin siblings at some point. This is such an interesting piece of evidence for a nature versus nurture kind of argument <laughs> because I think that Adora speaks well to Hordak's parenting because. <laughs> She doesn't have any Prince Adam problems. She's not like, oh, Adora, when will you ever, like, find your calling? I mean, she's Force Captain. She's doing Horde stuff, you know? She went off to school for a while. Yeah. Yeah, she got, she honed her skills in the Fright Zone. So, what were Randor and, uh, uh, um... Marlena the astronaut and the astronaut, (laughs) were they really just, like, just such bad parents? And that's why Adam was just just unwatchable well maybe they felt bad because they lost one of their kids that they had to make so they indulged him yeah (gasps) it explains so much okay well that's yeah her character was forged in the fright zone and his was just very hands-off yes father (laughs) you can have everything Yeah, but the uh, the actual transformation into She-Ra, like we have waited three, like in, this is the third episode, like so long for this, and when it finally happened, I mean, I was just like, I was into it. Yeah, they, when the music kicked in, that was so exciting. It's hard not to start feeling a little excited when you start hearing because you know what's gonna happen. I mean, we went through something with her. Her costume's no. incredible. She oh, looks yeah. like a Valkyrie warrior or yeah, something. Oh, I, I was very invested. Honor. I mean, it, it was a it was a powerful moment. It was very very exciting. Is it, is the thing around her head, does that go on your head? Does it go around your head? Do you, I, I, I think it's like, like a any, halo. I have think either like a... of you have seen any other characters with that on? Like that sort of crown or... I don't know what you even call that. I think functionally it's like a headband. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. I, I'll, I'll give you that. But like an awesome golden one. Like I, I, I imagine it has some function, like a like a helmet or something. Like it would stop maybe. I don't know. 
It could deflect some lasers. There you go. You know, I'll take that. I really c- commend those writers for um, investing in such a long buildup for her transforming because it Especially really paid for off. Kids, and I it know. did. It absolutely paid off. Like by the time it happened, I was like, "Oh, girl, you're gonna get it!" Oh, I was like so excited. I and, was really into it. And and also like serialized episodes probably weren't a big yeah. thing back then. I mean, even even like more recently, people get pressure to like come out of the gate. Like I remember reading about. The last Star Trek series, Star Trek Enterprise, it, the whole first season, they weren't even supposed to get to space. And the producer's like, nah, we want the spaceship in episode number two. Make it go warp 12. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so they they waited a long time. <laughs> the animators for He-Man apparently were also network executives. <laughs> we're impatient in all the ways. <laughs> we work on all the properties. Don't worry about it. And, uh... And they, and they sort of show a little bit about how She-Ra's style's different after she and Hera, uh, She-Ra and He-Man uh, fight off some goons a little bit. She pops out of a window doing some acrobatics and lands on her horse, uh, who is also really awesome. Yes, I I maybe shrieked aloud when I saw how the <laughs> horse transformed because, okay, first With of dignity. All, With dignity we have not seen in other mounts. yes. Incredible dignity. And so this horse announces to her, like, no, I'm Swiftwind. <laughs> and, like, the horse has this, like, booming masculine voice, but still has these gorgeous, like, purple and pink, like, like accoutrement. And anyway, and I it was spread just, it, it grew wings? Yep. Rainbow-colored wings. It was amazing. Yeah, I mean, it was like, it's like, what dignity, what majesty. Ride, She-Ra, ride! <laughs> <laughs> I am Swiftwind now, dear friend. Okay, so if I could take a step back here for a second. When she became She-Ra, and she, you know, she gained all her powers, and she was able to get He-Man out of the, the tube, the battery tube, he got like a second wind a little bit, like a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't have the full power of the transformation, although they did kind of like go through that too so they could have two exciting transformations at once. And I guess it's kind of like the sword, like when He-Man gets the sword, he gets a little power from it, like how Paul Bearer used to let the Undertaker <laughs> touch his urn. Like, <laughs> it's like, come get power from the sword. Oh, He-Man! Like, like, I just imagine, like, like if he gets the sword, like he just gets a little, a little oomph. Like it's not like full on because he was like, I'm, I'm tired. I need, I need time to recover. <laughs> it's like He-Man got DDT'd, but he can, if he touches that sword. He's like, gonna stagger around like the turnbuckles. Oh my bit. God! I thought he was down <laughs> for the whole match. Here he comes back from the dead. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so when she, when uh, Adora turns into Shira, it's like she turned into a little of a muscle brain too, because the way she uh, protects the um, was the whispering wood or whatever from uh, Hordak's little blast of power, she chucks a rock at it. Like that's such a meathead way to solve a problem. Oh, oh right. I guess we neglected to mention. Um... <laughs> So Hordak's plan was to to focus this magna beam transporter onto the entirety of the Whispering Woods. He went big. So that the whole rebellion would just be vanquished. It didn't matter where they were at. Didn't matter, you know, like at you know, at large in, in 
the Valley of the Lost. And then I was sort of thinking, like, okay, I know there are a lot of people living in the Whispering Woods and everything, but if all of those people who were in the Whispering Woods, we've got Bo and the Madam and all of the little twiglings. <laughs> the <Madam. laughs> twiglings, she's the Madam. And all the little twiglings and um, little sprites and like, hee! Like, if that's the rebellion the and Glimmer yeah. and Glimmer... If that was who got transported to the Valley of the Lost, would it really be such a loss for the rebellion? Like they weren't really, they weren't really any leadership like there. I don't know. I would say Bo is a loss. They're doing, as you're doing all right, though. I would assume Cowell is a loss. Oh yeah. The rest of them is debatable. That's true. They only really made some movement after um, He Man brought in his uh, Eternia stuff. Uh, and 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 now of course Shira, <laughs> but they were doing real bad because of Shira for a while. <laughs> I did solve the mystery of Hordak's arms. Oh, because when he busts <laughs> through the door, he has double hand cannons. Really? So obviously so... he can just switch them out to whatever things he wants. That is awesome. I love yeah. how usually he just has the one hand cannon because he's like he might need to sign some documents, like, <laughs> you know, like he needs like the pen attachment or whatever. And then so usually, like, one hand cannon is enough. This is a two-cannon situation, though. Well, when he goes yeah, there... Yeah, I mean, to bust through the door, he's <laughs> he, got to... He's, well, he's, he's, he, yeah, he probably has to have people with him. He's like, okay, I'm doing two cannons, so everybody open the doorknobs for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what does he do after that? Like, he, it has to, like, it has to, like, switch. Like, he has to, like, it has to, like, go up in his arm and then come back out. Well, he couldn't even change out his own arms if he didn't have hands on the end of them. <laughs> <laughs> going to the bathroom will be complicated <laughs> that's like shadow weaver's job and she hates it <laughs> so that's like the one thing she's like no like that's the reason why she's thinking about quitting and starting her own evil empire <laughs> and when she gets yeah when she he, makes, he makes me change his arms all the time <laughs> When she interviews for another job, you're like, well, tell me about why you're looking to leave your current job. (laughs) (laughs) So He-Man, on his side of the world, he like jumps through the ceiling and busts Hordak's machine. That was more powers he invented that he had. Oh, yeah. He just just barreling through ceilings. (laughs) Yeah, he just just has the power to grant his own wishes, I guess, now. (laughs) And it has the effect of um, uh, restoring the willpower to all the complainy uh, peasants that they had captured before. Now they're all free to go back to their city council meetings and complain about stuff. They're all very elderly. They did not pick the best people to suck powers from. Well, look, you know, maybe they just have the most experience. I don't know. He won by strongest will. He didn't really care how, how much they were, how old they were. So all the all the old people in rags are are the people who's got the strongest willpower. Yeah, they're just very stubborn, you know. <laughs> we want you to fix our roads, and we don't want to pay for it. Like the same kind of tenacity that gets dandelions out of your yard is going to be helpful in the rebellion. That's probably exactly what they told the hordesmen. <laughs> <laughs> and then they smash cut to the theme song at the end with the power of love. Yes. Which I'm loving the theme song. Yeah, the theme songs are great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm singing it right now. I'm not... For the honor of love.
So we've been doing a moral for the She-Ra episodes too. Do we think we could uh, manufacture a moral for this? Was there anything we learned at all that we can apply to our lives? That sometimes there's something in you that knows the right thing, even when you're being manipulated by magic power. If you told me that while you were sitting on a jet ski, I would I would think that's very good advice. I, I, not to get too serious, but I well no no that that. that. <laughs> well, I don't know if I don't say it this episode, then it won't matter. Um. There actually some is something a little bit poignant to me about Shadow Weaver, like, and her hold over Adora, mm-hmm. because you know I I do a lot of internet reading, internet browsing, and um you know if, if you frequent Reddit, you know some of the personal relationship subreddits are really interesting to read, and and one that I like to peruse, even though I don't personally have any experience with it, is the uh, Raised by Narcissists. Uh, subreddit mm-hmm. and I feel that there's there's really like an interesting metaphor in there with this power of compulsion that Shadow Weaver casts over Adora and then actually like the real life you know sense of compulsion that people who are toxic parents can exert over their children and I know that we're like they would not put this in a moral <laughs> at the end of any episode of a cartoon but um, I just found that I don't know I, I found that uh, interesting and in her heart, she knew what was right. And she was able to get her sword magic, you know, out. Wouldn't that, like be, you do. Wouldn't that be great if um, that complicated relationship played out in the series more and we saw that Shadow Weaver actually missed her daughter and you know she what? was sad she couldn't love her without compulsion? And Yeah, like I am willing to give the writers credit to like that. I think that that could happen, like seriously. Mm-hmm. For a freaking cartoon, you know, like this is very sophisticated in just a few short years, you know. And of course, the 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 campiness of He-Man, like especially in these first episodes that we're watching, it is not without its charms, and mm-hmm. I love it. But this is like a the, the whole different kind of storytelling. It's really, it's really just good. I like it. Well, when we were talking about why about whether they should um keep doing the more what how they decided not to do the moral at the end of these like they were giving the kids credit uh, with more sophisticated s- stories um you know it, it seems almost like the writers are writing for themselves a little more with with Shira than they are writing for kids in in He-Man so it's interesting to think maybe they did have some some of their personal lives they were they were pulling from from this Oh yeah, definitely. And the writers um a lot a lot of the writers for this you know went on to do um some big stuff like you're involved with uh, Batman animated series, um, uh, Tiny Toons, uh, Transformers, uh, Beast Wars, and uh, X- I think X Men Evolution. Uh, so they 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 have some some good talent on their staff. So um, we should rate the episode, right? Oh yeah. Okay, so. Rebecca, thinking about <laughs> thinking about how excited you were. I was are we doing. Are we, can we do rainbow ponies? Rainbow, rainbow ponies. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. I give it four point eight rainbow points okay. out of ponies out of five, only because like I don't. I mean like it's. I think it can even go higher. That's just the thing. Like I'm. I'm gonna give it like there's a the. I don't know. That the only reason it's get... not a five is you want to leave them room to grow. Exactly. You think they have potential. Yeah. And then also, Glimmer, she, she gets point two points taken off. Because if she weren't in the episode <laughs> at all, then I'd probably just be like, five. Yeah, what, what's, 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 the, what's the lady's name? The witch? 
Shadow Weaver? No, no, no. Oh, no, oh no. Madam Ra- Raz? <laughs> yeah. Well, we just pretended it's Madam Raz, I guess. <laughs> it might not what actually be. What if it's not? Be. <laughs> uh, somebody an will care. What if it's just Sandy or so, something so like that? Somebody's yelling at their, at their podcast right now going, It's this. What's your problem? <laughs> Look it up. And they're holding a, a Sandy action figure. <laughs> and they're, It's like, how could you say that about Sandy? Uh, just just because she wasn't in it, I I, I give this a four point five. Yeah, it was, <laughs> okay. it was a good episode. Yeah. Well, uh, the transformation was superb. They had good villains. I love that imp that may never come back. Um, I love Prince Adam's um, interaction with Bo. I thought that was hilarious. Swift Wind saying like, "My name is Swift Wind now" <laughs> was just wonderful. Um, had goosebumps from the horse talking. I, I'm going four point nine. I loved it. I thought it was terrific. Oh, you just. You went higher than I did. Well, you can price this right me if you want to go up. No, that's okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I feel I feel good about all of that. I can't wait to see where we go next. And now a few production notes. You can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or on our website at www.thewizardsnightshirt.com. And of course, you can download us on iTunes, where you can also leave us a review. Reviews help people find the podcast so it can grow. Please sign up for the newsletter through our Facebook page or website, and we can let you know when new episodes are out. Finally, if you have a question or comment for the show, please email us at rumors at thewizardsnightshirt.com. Thanks. We appreciate your support. Well, that's our show for today. We want to thank you for listening, and please remember to throw boulders at your problems. For the honor of Gracefield.